We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, that's the best we can do right now because uh, Gianni's not here, as you can tell. It's me. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Mime Heapy Podcast. I am Brian Goings. Um, Gianni's on vacation. He's on been like on a, a sabbatical for like the last two weeks. I have no idea where he is again. Um, he texted me like two days ago, like, hey, can you podcast on Monday and Wednesday? I'm like, yeah, I guess I can. And he's like, okay, cool. And then uh, Kenny, basically, he has like PTO every day because I, I see him on Twitter all day during work hours and he's always available at night. So he must never work out. <laughs> yeah, um, I have a very... I do well at my job, so they don't say too much to me about my phone. And then I'm just at home bored because I don't have like a social life because I'm moving soon. So I'm here. I'm available. And we got a silent investor here. We got Brian on air. Yeah, exactly. You know, I'm not not, like, to be honest, I don't like hosting. I just do it because um, we don't have many bodies on our staff that that, that are willing to at least try it. (laughs) Alf, I mean, basically Alf does it so much that he gets sick of it. So that, mm-hmm. um, so and Tiff did a good job. If you guys didn't catch last week's um, show that she did, uh, mixed bag, you should check it out. It's on our Twitch channel. Um, we will be getting up on our YouTube channel this week. So if any of you did miss it and want to catch it up on our YouTube channel, it'll be archived there as well. Her first debut episode was with Rohan Narkarni. Great job. She did a great job hosting. Better than probably um, I am doing right now, <laughs> currently. <laughs> kind of what she was uh, hosting and I was just producing, but. Uh, we'll, we'll live. We'll live for the next couple of days uh, until Gianni comes back. Um, and yeah, and we'll 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 get to what we're going to talk about. Um, I do want to let you guys know in chat if you guys have any questions. We actually do want to save probably the last 10, 15 minutes of this podcast just to answer your questions. Because honestly, like, th- there's stuff that we can talk about. But I mean, me, me and Kenny basically are like we're kind of going to try to wing this a little bit. I mean, we have a little bit of a show sheet, but for the most part, we we actually want to take time to take your questions because. That's not always uh, the case with um, with some of our streams. So we actually want to dedicate some of that time. Uh, with that said, let's let's get to our first topic, Kenny. So big news last week: Heat were able to get 
almost all their bodies back. Um, they were able to get both Victor Oladipo and Markeith Morris back, not during the same game. <laughs> but, well, we will get them back in the same game, hopefully maybe tomorrow. Should everything – I haven't seen their injury report besides Caleb's out tomorrow. I know that's for mm-hmm. sure. And I'm not Jimmy's sure about back. the rest of the team. Jimmy's back too? Okay. We should be able to see Victor and Markeith in the lineup tomorrow. That should be very interesting to see um, them back in a rotation. Um, obviously, without Caleb, you're not going to know exactly how Spo is going to handle those rotations in terms of like mm-hmm. you know the, the the wings and 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 who might be their backup for. Because I'm very curious to see if they would still play Markeith when Caleb's been your backup for for such a long stretch. So, kind of curious, what are your thoughts so far? What you've seen early on both Victor and then and then Markeith, or if you want to just start with Victor and then we'll get on Markeith later because we see more of Victor so far. Yeah, so Victor, I think he's played well for what we should expect from him. I think, and even myself, we got a little carried away with what we wanted from him early on, but the reality is he's just now getting back from pretty much not playing consistently and not being healthy for two and a half years now. And so his ability to get into the paint pretty much as easy as easily as he has been is great. The playmaking is there. The shot kind of isn't yet, but he's ne- he's been kind of on and off his whole career with that. Um, but he's also just out of rhythm. He's just not – you can practice all you want, but until you get in the game for a good amount of time, you're not yeah. really going to get into rhythm. And so what I'm looking forward to for the rest of the season's last 15 or so games is for him to get out there and get more reps and prepare for the playoffs. And so I do like what I saw from him because – that's kind of what my expectations were. I just, I'm more curious than, obviously I'm excited, but I'm more curious than anything. I want to see what he can bring to the table. Which of the three games have you seen the most promise out of him so far? He played the Rockets game. They mm-hmm. won. Um, he played, what was the second he played? The, the Cavaliers game. Mm-hmm. He looked okay. And, or no, he didn't. Did he play the Cavaliers game? Yes, he the did. Cavs game. He yeah. didn't play the, yeah, he, he didn't, didn't play, play the Minnesota. Minnesota. He didn't play Minnesota because it was back to back. There was another game. He played three games, right? I got to look back. No, he played two. He played two. Like, he's played two. Okay. Yeah. So I guess between those games, what what have uh, what have you seen that's that's kind of um, been promising to you, and what what might be things that you're still looking for him to kind of improve on? So really, all I really need one to improve on is the comfort. I think in the first game, the Houston game, there was adrenaline and excitement. So we saw a little more from him. And like I spoke about before, like the burst he had, he had that one play where he got past um, Jayshon Tate and dunk. Jayshon Tate is not a weak defender at all. I think sometimes we look at these teams in the records and we assume everybody's bad. That's not true. Deshaun Tate is a really good defender. And so for Oladipo to come back in his first game and be able to just blow by him like that and get a dunk, that's promising. Like I said, the playmaking is promising. His ability to get into the paint, shift the defense, and create these easy touches for Bam that we've also been speaking about. To have Bam just in the dunker spot like he used to be and get those easy two rather than initiating the offense all the time or – the DHOs are having to worry about um, getting out on the break. That's another dimension to the Heat's offense. And there was also that one play where he had to step back, pump fake into the foul. It's really promising. And so once he finds his rhythm, we're going to really see what this team can do. They've already been dominant regardless of the bad losses here and there. And so once Victor Oladipo is fully healthy, well, fully back in rhythm, he is fully healthy. Back in rhythm, we're going to really see them begin to dominate. 
Um, failed to mention that they lost to the Suns with a little deep in the lineup. I kind of wanted to forget about that game. So <laughs> yeah. uh, my, my mistake. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he didn't play three and, games. So, so that was the third game that I was thinking of that he didn't play. Yeah. And I mean, that's the Suns. They're going to do that team sometimes. Um, also want to ask you, because uh, obviously Spo has been keeping on this minute restriction for 15 minutes per game. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that? Do you do you feel like that's a good number? Do you eventually want him to kind of get more minutes? Do you think there's even more minutes to give him once everybody's back? Because I'm very curious to see like exactly how many minutes they might want to squeeze him in. And if they actually want him part of that closing lineup. Uh, we haven't actually seen him close yet. Mm-hmm. We have, we've, uh-huh. we've seen him play some fourth quarter minutes, but we haven't seen him, you know, close it out, you know, to the final minute. So I am very curious if they if they do eventually bump up the minutes, would he even be part of that closing lineup? Because I feel like at this point you can't take Tyler here off the court. Right. Um, so as far as the closing lineup, I think worst case scenario, well, actually no, because I'm not taking Jimmy out either. So as of right now, I'm not sure if Victor's was. I think it'll it'll depend on the possession and the matchup. If it's a defensive possession, you're gonna want Victor Oladipo in there over Tyler. As much as we love Tyler, it's just that's his weakness. Now, as far as the um minutes restriction, I'm fine with it. I know we're all excited to see Oladipo. Um, we want to see him go. We want to see all this stuff. But at the same time, we do have to remember that it's a severe injury he's coming back from. And he did get a little rushed back from it, even though he was on a different team yeah. before. And then he got here and he got injured right away. We definitely don't want that. And so let him slowly get back in rhythm. They have a good enough amount of games to really get him into having a field. And then maybe in the playoffs, the minutes restriction comes off. Who knows? Actually, very curious. I'm gonna look it up. Um, what? What do you? If you had a guess right now, off the top of your head, what? What do you think is Victor Oladipo's like lowest minutes that he's played, if like average for a season? Um, is that including the injury? Um, yeah. Let's let's include the injury. I would assume like maybe 25 average for a year, because even when he because he did obviously he had that breakout run in Indiana, but before he was still a contributor somewhat, he was a high pick in Orlando, so they wanted him to play and get minutes, and then in OKC, even though he still wasn't himself just yet, he was still next to Westbrook getting some things done, and so I would assume the lowest would be about 25, including the injury in Indiana. We're playing Very, hurt in Yeah, Indiana actually, his Indiana. lowest would be with the Heat and the Pacers, 27 and a half, 27.8 minutes, so almost 28 yeah. minutes per game was his lowest um, obviously, this season, he's at 16.3 currently average. Mm-hmm. Um, looking at his rookie year, he was at, he already started. He was basically starting because he was playing 31 minutes a game with the yeah. Magic. So I actually am very curious to see if they if they might bump him up. No, I'm not saying he's going to play 30 minutes, maybe like 25-ish because mm-hmm. he's, he's at 16 now. So you're basically asking him to play, what, an extra nine more minutes than he is currently right now? Yeah, so I would that's, assume... That's a yeah. lot of minutes. And that's the thing is, like, he's coming off the bench. To, I mean... If he's playing, say he plays 25, mm-hmm. are you taking minutes away from Hero? Because Hero's basically almost like your sixth starter. <laughs> now minutes he's playing lately. Like this last game, he played 36 minutes against the Timberwolves for a season. He's averaging 32.8. But these last four or five games, he's been in the high 30s, like mid-30s almost every game. You know, I think he'll more so um, eat it. He'll eat more into um, Gabe, Kyle, and Max's minutes. He's played... A good amount of three so far, which I'm not sure that I love that much, but that's where they've been sticking them. Um, obviously, we had the stretch where Kyle was out, so Gabe has been 
or not Kyle, Jimmy was out, so they would start Gabe or whatever the case is. But I think Oladipo is going to eat into Gabe and Max's minutes more than anything. And Kyle, because Kyle has to get some rest towards the season. He's been out a lot, but you want to prepare him for the playoffs. And so Josh, I think that's – okay, go ahead. No, no, I was going to just read a comment. I was in the chat. So Just Jared 92 says, uh, I don't see him playing 30 minutes before Dove. Yeah, I don't he think won't. he's going to play 30 either. I, I, I basically said 25. It's five less than um, – than his usual average, which is he's been playing 30 minutes since um, until he got traded to the Heat. Mm-hmm. Obviously, things have changed. We, I don't, I don't. Do you ever think you'll see him start? I actually don't think so. I, so my prediction that, to me, that's the only way he'll get those 30 minutes or more. Yeah, is if he starts, yeah. and yeah, that well, and that that basically means that Duncan is not playing probably at all. Yeah, I'm I'm not I don't think that's gonna happen. I think if anything, next season they may just bump Tyler into the starting lineup. They may give him his extension early if he's available, bump him into the starting lineup and then have Victor take on his role because Victor is even in Indiana, he is kind of a microwave guy offensively who also has the defense. And so I think maybe starting next season, he may be the sixth man in place of Tyler and they'll just find somewhere for Duncan. That is very interesting because that is something that we haven't seen uh, with the C team. Honestly, you're you're talking about giving Tyler an extension, you know, this offseason. Mm-hmm. And, and there's been numbers floating out that he's going to be looking for something just below the max. Um, I mean, I have numbers that we can get into if we want to about what his potential max contract is or what I believe his contract could be. If you want to get into it, we can. But I kind of think okay. that might be that might be a future episode that yeah. we can get into in the offseason. Yeah. But Let's just put it out in perspective. Like we haven't seen Tyler really as a starter. And if you're going to be paying him something close to below the max, that is something that the heat needs to kind of see. They can't just pay somebody that much for just to be a six man off the bench. I mean, as, as good as he is right now, especially Mm -hmm. getting these minutes, like 33, pretty much a game almost (laughs) this season. Like, yeah, I, I think that is something that no one's really talked about is like, we're going to be, asked to to negotiate with Tyler in the offseason and he's gonna be wanting this this you know pretty big contract. It's not gonna be what Bam got, but it's gonna be pretty mm-hmm. high. And you haven't really seen him as a starter consistently. And not even the playoffs we haven't really seen him start. So yeah. I am so, very curious to see what what if they even are able to negotiate a contract before he gets restricted for agency because it's very likely that he doesn't sign and then and then they kind of See what, yeah. what his market is and restrict it, kind of what the uh, Phoenix Suns are doing with DeAndre Aiden this season. Yeah, so I would hope they sort that out earlier, get it out of the way, because somebody is going to offer him what he wants. And he's going to have to match it anyway. And I think they're, they're going to do what they can to keep Tyler Hero. I think he's just way too good of a player. They've invested way too much. I think the idea of just letting him go is just not great. Oh, yeah. I don't think there's there's no scenario where they don't match is restricted because they need to keep that asset. That, that's their best trade ship. Yeah. Do they ever want to move anybody or get anybody? Um, but yeah, just very curious to see what the Heat would want to do um, in the offseason. I, I think they'll probably figure something out. I don't know if he's going to get his max ever right now. Like it might be something that he might get on his second contract or yeah. his third or contract. Third. Yeah. 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 Um, just very curious. That, that was something I was thinking about. Okay, let's get into Markeith. Um, so we saw him for one game. Uh, very, very surprising. Like they just announced him basically right before tip off. Yeah, he's playing. 
And, yeah. and like entering that game, <laughs> I didn't think we had a single person that could play the four position because I, I thought PJ Tucker was going to sit out that game. He probably yeah. should have, to be honest. It's, mm-hmm. Him playing all these minutes lately, you're seeing the decline kind of happen. Like he doesn't look as polished dis- defensively as I've seen him, especially out like yeah. switching out to perimeters, like on those, those kind of like shifty guards. It's kind of letting a lot of those people kind of beat him on the point of attack. Mm-hmm. So I've been noticing that lately. But obviously the biggest thing people are, quite, are, are looking and, and, and you know, sort of questioning is his three-point shooting you know, dipping now finally. So he's mm-hmm. shooting at 47% for quite some time. He's, I think he's like been like one for his last 18 or something like that, which isn't a great sample size, but it is something to look at and um, you know, keep an eye on. So I guess between PJ kind of having this, this roller coaster dip in his, in, his off, um, in his season right now, offensively and probably defensively, but I mean, mm-hmm. more offensively than anything. And then Markeith coming into play, how do you feel? Yeah, so they should look to sit P.J. a few games. He doesn't seem like the type who wants to. That's probably what's going on also. But they got to prepare him for the playoffs. He is, I believe, 36 at the point at this point. Now, the shooting I'm not concerned about because he has been long overdue for a slump for a really long time. And so it's here now. I'd rather it now than to happen in the playoffs. Great. But the defense, I think that's just exhausting. He's been the most reliable person all season. He hasn't sat many games unless he was actually injured. And so they just have to find some time for him to go ahead and rest a couple games. I do think Markeith helps with that. And getting into Markeith, because that was the original question, Markeith brings another dynamic to the Heat's um, offense off the bench. He is another guy who can create for himself. He has that mid-range jumper. He knocked one down, I believe, last game, or he may have missed one, but just taking it, he and, took two. He made the first yeah. one. He missed the second one. Yeah. I think the first one was in the third quarter. Second one was in the fourth quarter where they could have really used that basket. Yeah. And that's good enough for me because they don't have many people who can make teams pay for leaving that hole open. And he had a, a corner three attempt towards the end of the game, too, um, against yeah. Minnesota. He also missed. He was, he was uh, I mean, really the biggest. He got to the basket. Yeah, he got to the basket a couple times. The biggest thing that, um, that I liked from him was that he was rebounding the ball pretty well. And he was. Mm-hmm. For the most part, he was he was holding his own down low, um, you know, in the interior and defensively. The one thing that uh, obviously people <laughs> made fun of him was um, that that end of third quarter possession where they, they basically Heat like turned the ball over. They had the ball to like basically you know finish that shot clock and you know just take the last basket in the third quarter. They somehow had a turnover and within five seconds um, they were able to get a three pointer off and. <laughs> Markeith basically had his back behind the basket as if like they, <laughs> I don't know if he knew how much time was left on the clock or not. Probably not. Cause he didn't seem like he was ready to defend anyone at that point. Um, he let a wide open three go, which to me, I think was a bad, um, to, I mean, think about it, like those three points could have been the difference of them potentially winning that game. Cause if you can count that, obviously like there was a couple other possessions, like to me, the ban free throws, um, yeah. Those those were huge too because that could have gave Miami a bigger lead. So you're talking about like almost a difference of five points that towards the end of that game that could have you know made a difference of them winning. So, um, I mean, anyways, to your point, I, I think Markeith his biggest contribution is trying to get PJ probably more rest. Mm-hmm. I think he needs more and him and then really Deadman lately. Like those two yeah. have been so great up until this point in the season, holding their own, especially with all these guys that have been out 
for for how many months? Like Dan was out mm-hmm. for almost two months, month and a half. Um, obviously, you've had PJ come in and out of that lineup. So Deadman was playing a lot of minutes. He was starting for a good part of the stretch. I mean, even mm-hmm. Omer was starting too. So I just think with PJ and then also with Deadman, like if you can get them more rest, because obviously they've been banged up. We see them on the injury report. We know that they're dealing with you know, either a back injury or knee injuries. Both of them have had both. Um, so I, I just think that if Markeith can come in, give them, I don't know, maybe let them play like combined an extra 10 minutes less than they normally yeah. were. Those are 10 yeah. minutes that, you know, towards the end of the season, they'll be more fresh going into the playoffs. Yeah, because back injuries aren't anything to really play with like that. And I'm not telling the audience it's something serious because it's probably not, but you don't want to irritate that too much. And so, yeah. and we've seen he hasn't been necessarily moving the same really. So you want him to rest that as much as he possibly can. I don't know if they can take him out of the lineup because the Heat don't have a ton of depth in the front court. Yeah. Um, you're I'm not saying they're going to start Marquis. Yeah. I'm just saying yeah, that maybe... I don't know, but just um, play maybe, them in a little less. That's what I would you, hope. I mean, the easiest solution is you play PJ practically the same as so you're playing Duncan, except rather than having... So Duncan plays the first quarter, starts off, third quarter starts off, and then maybe sometimes, depending if he's hot or not, he comes in for one more stretch. Mm-hmm. And that's usually towards the either the end, like the midpoint of the second quarter or midpoint of the third. He hardly ever plays a fourth quarter. If he does, it's because they really need the <laughs> offense to get going. Because like that uh, Charlotte game, for mm-hmm. example, or even the Atlanta game, like he came in, <clears throat> had like three threes in the fourth quarter, brought them back in. And they won the the Charlotte game. They didn't win the Hawks game, but basically, at, what I'm getting at is, I think maybe PJ could be on that kind of minute uh, reduction mm-hmm. to kind of, you know, give him some more rest. So he's still starting. Maybe he closes. Maybe he doesn't. I have no idea. We'll see. Yeah. But uh, I think that could be interesting to see if Markeith can um, take some of those extra minutes because that might be one way that Spoken can kind of introduce that. Yeah, and I think that would be a great idea also just, well, for him and Victor, just to get them more acclimated, give them a little more minutes. Maybe if, I'm not sure if Markeith is officially on a minutes restriction. I know he didn't play that much in that one game. But maybe bump their minutes up a little bit and let the other guys rest more to also get them prepared for the playoffs. Because I know for sure they're going to want all the people to play in the playoffs. And yeah. Marquis is going to depend on the series. They're probably going to need his offense at some point. Yeah, I don't so, think Marquis is on a minutes restriction. Restriction. He's been practicing for months. He. It's not yeah. like he. So like his injury, I think he's been mostly healed from it. I think the biggest concern, which was. What we've been seeing been reported from like the Miami Hero Barry Jackson is the Heat weren't comfortable clearing him. In mm-hmm. fact, the Heat never did clear him. Um, ultimately, they kind of yeah. didn't want to make that decision um, because they didn't feel comfortable like taking that liability if he does get hurt with his history of neck injuries mm-hmm. and back injuries. Um, so what they actually ended up doing was the same thing that they did with Chris Bosh. Um, so the NBA, there, there's this thing called the fitness play panel. Mm-hmm. Basically, it's just a group of like, I think either team doctors or there might be independent doctors mixed in there too. But it's, it's a panel of doctors that also know a lot more about his, <laughs> um, his nurture or his nature of injuries compared to probably some of the heat doctors. And they kind mm-hmm. of relied on them to make the medical decision to, to clear him. And that's mm-hmm. what happened. That's why Markeith came back this last game. They, I think, yeah. I don't know how long that process takes. It, it might take a while. That's probably why we haven't had so many updates because it, 
it is a it could be a lengthy process to to kind of get them to because yeah. what they I think what ends up happening is he gets second and third opinions from other doctors and stuff. And then yeah. that's what that's from that information, that's how they're able to make that decision to clear him. It's not just the heat doctors that they just like, oh. So um from what I understand, um they they were able to clear him and then that's why he played his last game. So I guess that's good for Marquise. I know he's been on Twitter basically saying, I'm ready to play. I'm ready to play. <laughs> yeah, it's so. good to have him back, man. That that one mid-range jumper. I want to see him and Bam more together. Obviously, we know what him and Deadman can do once they're back in rhythm, and they look pretty decent at times. I, I know Deadman's getting a lot of flack for the offense, and he hasn't been catching the ball, but the defense is still not terrible. I think the rebounding is my biggest concern. Yeah. Yeah, that's a bad thing. So he should sit for that because he's not getting the same. And if that's the case, I know like a lot of people aren't in love with it, but I wouldn't be down if they wanted to play some minutes right now. Like he might not play in the playoffs. So if you're trying to like give these guys some rest until the playoffs, fuck it, play him some minutes and see what you can get. Yeah, He didn't look that bad bad at the end of this Phoenix Suns game. I mean, obviously they were playing against scrubs, but. Fuck, I mean, you're playing against two scrubs right now this week against OKC and against Detroit. It might be the perfect yeah. time. And, and there's like six days of rest in between these two games. Mm-hmm. So, fuck it, play your some minutes and yeah, honestly, just let them yeah. burn some that like this is the perfect week for them to kind of get healthy. That's, why, yeah, that's yeah. probably why Jimmy didn't play the last game. So he got extra rest. And mm-hmm. honestly, like between that, this rest, Caleb's coming back probably next week. I don't think he's going to come back for these next two games. He'll probably come back either end of this week or early next week. It's a great time for them to start getting healthy, like all 15 guys healthy. Like not just like one yeah. guy still out. Like I think they, they legit could have all 15 guys back in the lineup probably by the end of this week, or early next week. Yeah, and I'm not mad at that because we have seen those second and third string guys are able to win games. There was that one game, I believe it was Cleveland. Where no no it wasn't Cleveland. One of those games where Jimmy was out, and it was Bam and some guys, and they ended up getting the win. Trying so I don't know if that was last week or the week before, but one of those games. And so we know we know by now just from that game and from previous games that the second and third string guys can get you wins if you really want it that bad at this point in the season. And so I would say right now what's more important is resting the guys you're going to want in the playoffs, making sure they're healthy. So wasn't it Cleveland game because Jimmy, Bam, and Lowry played that game? Right. Along with Oladipo. Um, Suns game, I believe Jimmy was out for that game. Yep, Jimmy was out for that game. He hasn't played the Suns at all this year. Yeah. Um, Which is interesting. I think it was the Rockets game is what you're talking about. No, yeah, not so. the Rockets game. Rockets no, game, they won too. So they had Jimmy, Bam, and Lowry. I'm surprised they had all these guys for that game. You know, it, was probably, it was probably like a week, the week before or something. But point is, at the end of the day, we know those um, Yurt, Gabe, Max, we know they've won games. And this late in the season, they can go ahead and get a couple. Oh, I think I know which game we're talking I think it's the Nets game. It was. It was yeah. the next game. Yeah. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right. Um, so what do you want to talk about? I'll let you decide. What do you want to talk about this next topic? Um, potential playoff matchups. Yeah. Okay. Let's potential get into that. So and chat was been talking because I think, yeah, the Sixers are playing right now. They're playing Denver. It looks like Denver is losing right now. Pretty big, That's actually. Denver looked pretty good last. I saw them last week against Golden State. They yeah. lost the second matchup, but they won the first one. Um, yeah, they're down 37-22. Uh, just started the second quarter. Yeah. Um, so, obviously, the uh, Sixers are one of the teams that are pretty – Close behind. They're actually second place right now. They're, they're tied for second with Milwaukee at two and a half back mm-hmm. for the Heat uh, for first place. Um, so if they win tonight, they'll be two back. Um, but Miami does have no. They don't have the tiebreaker yet. They're tied. I think they're no. Hold on. Actually, that's something I need to look up because the Heat won. No, the Heat technically have the lead now, but they have one more matchup. So at worst, the Heat will be tied. But they do have the conference lead because um, the way tiebreakers tie work in the NBA is it's obviously head to head. Then it goes, well, yeah, head to head. Then it goes to division, um, like record winner. So if they were in the same division, Miami would be ahead if they had a better record. But that's not the case. So since that's not the case, they can't do division record. They can't do um, head to head. Then it goes to the next tiebreaker, which is conference record. And right now, the Heat have a 29-13 conference record. Philly has a 25-16 conference record. They're playing the Western team right now, so it can't even go up with tonight's mm-hmm. game. So, so with that in mind, basically, they almost have like a uh, – if they win, they'll be two um, back behind the Heat, but it's almost like a three-game lead, even yeah. if they don't win this next game uh, mm-hmm. that they play, which I'm not sure. When, I think that game might be – is that this month? Very curious to see when they play again. Because I actually, I really want to see what that matchup looks like uh, with Harden in the lineup. We haven't seen that yet. Mm-hmm. So I am very curious to see um, what that's yeah. like. But I guess let, let's get into some playoff standings. Because, I mean, besides them, you know, Milwaukee uh, is right behind them. You got Chicago at four, three games back. Austin, they finally lost a game. <laughs> I watched that game yesterday against the Mavs. And that was a very close game, too. Um, they're four games back. And then... I'll go. I'll go six back. So six is Cleveland. And they're six games back from, and they're in sixth place. Mm-hmm. So I guess like that top six. Do you want to go into seven and eight? Seven and eight is Toronto yeah. and Brooklyn. So we do the whole the whole top eight. Okay. So top eight is Miami, Philly, Milwaukee. That's your top three. Chicago's four, Boston five, Ch- Cleveland six, Toronto seven, and then Brooklyn's eight. Mm-hmm. The only teams that concern me right now are Boston and Milwaukee. 
because we know what they can do defensively. I know Boston had that slow start. We can go ahead and stop thinking about that. That wasn't who they are. What they've been doing lately is who they are. They concern me because, like I said before, they got Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart, Robert Williams isn't this young, wild, undisciplined defender anymore. He's really making the right rotations, blocking shots, all this other stuff. So they concern me. Milwaukee, we know what they can do. We know who Giannis is. We know Drew Holiday. We know we don't even have to speak on that. We saw that last playoffs, which I'm putting back on my memory now. Brooklyn is the team everybody's saying we should fear, but you got to consider the circumstances also. Yes, Kevin Durant is the best player in the NBA. That's my opinion. I'm stamping it. Fine. If you disagree, that's cool. I'm not going to argue with you. But Playoffs are coming up. Kyrie is not going to be available at home games by then. We have no idea what's going on with Ben Simmons. I thought he just didn't want to play in Philly, but he still hasn't touched the floor yet. And then that's not a very deep team. And so, again, they're going to be relying a lot on Kevin Durant. And while he can do amazing things, this Heat team has enough great defenders to not stop him because you're not stopping Kevin Durant. But to make him work and kind of tie him out by like a game six, you may just go ahead and get one over on him. So let's let's get into a couple of those things. So with Milwaukee, we um, we have to bring up that they're getting Brooke Lopez back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think believe he's playing today against the Jazz. So very interested to see how he performs. I don't think they're going to play in too many minutes because they're probably going to use him back. Same as the Heat up. I don't know if some of their guys are coming back to the lineup. Mm-hmm. But if he looks good. They become more interesting because defensively, that's their biggest knock this season. Offensively, they've been pretty good. I think they're Mm -hmm. still the leading scoring team in the NBA in terms of points per game, not offensive rating, but points per game, they're still scoring at a high rate. Mm -hmm. It's their defense that's dropped the most. And I think I saw a stat from one of the Milwaukee podcasts, um, people I follow on Twitter, and they were saying that this is the first year that they're out of the top 10 in terms of defensive efficiency. Mm-hmm. Um, since Brooke Lopez um, has been in Milwaukee, they've been a top 10 defensive team ever since he's come to the roster. So um, I'm sure with him back, their drop defense should be a lot more, um, a lot more deadly from what we've seen. Yeah. Um, I am interested to see how quickly they can incorporate other different looks. Cause that was something they worked on last season and regular season before they kind of brought in the postseason, like your switching yeah. defense like all those different things that you need in order to play different defensive styles for different matchups in the postseason. That was something mm-hmm. that was always a big, um, you know, big knock on, you know, but coach, Bud Buddenholzer, cause he never had like adjustments in <laughs> yeah. terms of his defense. He always was very hard headed on just playing drop, playing drop. And he never, um, you know, adjusted to that. So mm-hmm. very, very interested to see how he kind of comes out and performs. Um, and then Brooklyn. Yeah. I, we, so right now they they've won three straight. Mm-hmm. They beat the Hornets, scored 132 points, beat them. They they that Sixers game that we saw last week on TNT <laughs> last Thursday. Damn, uh, that to me looked like the team that we saw, you know, towards the beginning of the playoffs last mm-hmm. year. And obviously they had Kyrie. They had uh, did they have Kyrie that game? Hold on. It was a away game. Yeah, they, yeah for Kyrie played. Yeah, they, they had Kyrie. Kyrie had 22. It was the game before that Kyrie went off. It was the Hornets game. He had like 50 points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kyrie had 50 points against the Hornets. And then this last game, 
against the Knicks that um, that just played. Kevin Durant went off of fifty three. So basically, you're talking about these guys. If they're if they're together, they can go off of fifty any game if they need to. And I mean, their offense is what it is. It's great. It's their defense that's been the biggest question mark. Obviously, we haven't seen Ben Simmons. I have no idea if he's going to play or not. I mean, from what I've seen, he's practicing. So I guess yeah. he could play at some point. I'm sure he's going to play about a postseason. That's just how much how much run can they actually get with him with this group? So that's going to be interesting yeah. in terms of the the chemistry on the floor because that's a hard like when you add a guy to the lineup that doesn't shoot as well as he does. That I mean, defensively, sure they should be better, but offensively, yeah. how much of a knock are they going to get in terms of spacing and stuff? Because they're already they're already down another shooter with Joe Harris. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they have shooting that they can surround them with. Don't get me wrong. Just, yeah, they still have Seth. And, but They got Seth, think, Patty Mills. They got, obviously, Kevin Durant and Kyrie plays. That's four shooters that are probably shooting above 40% for a year. So, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, just that, that to me is something to look into. Um, yeah, and what are some of these other teams? So, Boston, obviously, has been on a, on a roll. Mm-hmm. What are the other teams that kind of concerned you? Are you concerned of Philly at all still or no? No. No? Okay. No, so, because I know I should be because Joel Embiid is probably going to be the MVP, but they just don't move me like that, especially the way they play. They're not getting those whistles in the playoffs. Oh, that pissed me off the other game that, that, that they shot, what, like yeah, they, eight, so, for, okay. eight for 20, 30-something, and then they basically had like – a million free throws, and that's the yeah. reason why so, they won that recent game against. I think it was against um, Orlando. So Orlando, they combined, right? Yeah. So they combined for fourteen of forty-seven from the field, but they shot a combined like I, don't, I think it was like thirty free throws or something like that. Jesus Christ! Uh, Parton was five for nineteen from floor, three for eleven from three. That's he takes yeah. a lot of threes and misses. I've noticed that mm-hmm. a lot with his stat sheets. He was really bad against uh, the Nets game, too. But, I mean, let's we'll, we'll just stick it to the Magic game. So, yeah, he was 5 for 19, 3 for 11 from the three. Shot 15 free throws. Made 13 of them. Mm-hmm. Embiid went 9 for 28 from the field. 2 for 5 from three. Shot 17 free throws. Made 15 of them. So, combined, you're talking guys that 32 free throws, and they made, what, 28 of them? Yeah, it's like they don't they really don't scare me. And then then you have Tybo who's a great defender, but he's not giving you anything on offense. There's just ways that he can beat that team for sure. I'm not really too concerned with them. What I've seen with that team lately, and I know they were on a hot stretch to when he got Harden back, but it's like they're very inconsistent in terms of I guess the rest of the guys that they have on the floor. I feel like yeah. you're gonna you're gonna have Embiid go off for like at least 20, 20 a night, 30 a night, maybe. And then Harden mm-hmm. might get you 20, 25, 30, mm-hmm. and then like double digit assists. But I guess yeah. for their for them to win, they really need guys like Tyrese Maxey and Tobias Harris to give mm-hmm. them some of that extra scoring punch. Cause their bench is garbage. Yeah. So, and then, I mean, obviously, when it gets to the playoffs, they're only going to be playing seven or eight guys. So it's not going to matter as much to them. Mm-hmm. But you're talking about playing guys like Harden and Embiid heavy minutes and, and relying on them to basically get a lot of baskets and get, get foul calls. That's in a playoff series, yeah, that's not yeah, that's easy. Not. That's not easy. First of all, to get the playoff foul calls is a lot harder to get, obviously. We've seen that with Jimmy. 
mm-hmm. um, when we get to the playoffs. But also, like in terms of like just efficiency, like that's that if they're still shooting at that kind of poor efficiency, and then the rest of the guys are not pulling their weight. To me, I feel like they could be a potential first round bounce. Yeah, I, that wouldn't surprise me at all. I think the first to go a second round because right now they're matched. If they're playing today, they're. Let me go back to the conference. I'm, I went to the lead. So their second, they'll be playing Toronto. That's not an easy matchup. As as much as I know, like, we don't like Raptors fans because they're very, um, I don't know. What's the word weird. you want to call them? What's an adjective you want to call them? Weird? Creepy. Obsessive? Probably obsessive. Yeah. yeah. Um, they're very obsessive on, on, on Twitter and stuff, but mm-hmm. that's a good team. I mean, yeah, they, that's the type of team that could, that could be Philly. They're, they've, won three straight, they, they've won three straight. They're five and five in their last 10, though. They were on the losing streak for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I know they beat Phoenix the other night. So that, that to me, they're a good team that I, if you're playing in the seven game series, that could go six or seven games. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me if they, if they upset Philly just because of the matchups. It really is going to come down to home court advantage, probably. Yeah. Um, and then what's the other matchups on here that really look interesting? Um, I mean, I guess if you finish today, Heat would be playing between. So we're talking Brooklyn, mm-hmm. Toronto, Atlanta, and Charlotte. So the way a playing tournament works is the seven to eight teams right now is Toronto and Brooklyn play yeah. for a chance to get into the seventh spot. Mm-hmm. So the winner of that game automatically gets the seventh spot, and they would play either. I mean, right now you got Philly and, and Milwaukee tied for second. So. Yeah. So maybe one of those two scenes we play one um, and then we're talking what? Atlanta and Charlotte have to play each other for, for a chance to play for the number eight seed against mm-hmm. the loser of Toronto and Brooklyn. So yeah. I guess question is between those four teams, do you think Atlanta and Charlotte have a chance to really the best they can get is the eighth seed. So do you think any of them have a chance to get into the eighth seed and, and basically take one of Toronto and Brooklyn off the bracket against Miami? Like, do you think Miami could get lucky there where they maybe don't get to play, don't have to play Brooklyn, don't have to play Toronto in the first round? Or do you, or if they do, which of those two teams do you prefer? So I don't think those teams have a chance because they both struggle terribly on defense. So that's going to be an issue going against Brooklyn or Toronto. And so I don't think Toronto's beating Brooklyn in the playing game either. So I would just have it set in my mind already, Brooklyn is going to be at seven, Toronto's going to be at eight. Toronto doesn't concern me that much because those two games that were real tough with Toronto, that I believe that he, that he did lose both of them. Gary Trent was on this ridiculous stretch where he couldn't miss anything. And so I'm sure that, so that was a huge deal. But that Toronto team also, and I've said on air before too, Nick Nurse is playing a very, very small um, rotation. Yeah, And so... While that's cool for whatever reason, tiring those guys out before the playoffs is probably not the best idea in the world. Especially going into a series, it's going to be a bloodbath like Miami versus Toronto is going to be. They depend a lot on Scotty Barnes, who's great, who if he played the way he has been playing lately all season, he's a clear rookie of the year, but he is a rookie. Going up against veterans like Kyle Lowry and P.J. Tucker, Jimmy Butler, I don't think they have much of a shot in the series, but they could make it annoying. Yeah. So looking at, because that was their biggest win of the season, is probably that Phoenix game. They beat them um, on the road. 
So mm-hmm. I was looking at their box score. Gary Trent went off, like you were saying, he went off for 42 points, eight for 11 from three um, in that game. They were yeah. able to win by five points um, on the road. Siakam, yes, shot, scored 25. Scotty Barnes had 15. And then everybody else was either 10 or below. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I'm very interested. Oh, yeah, OG and Anubi's, um currently he's out with an injury. So, yeah, that they're going to still have to wait for him to come back in the lineup. Um, mm-hmm. Really, they don't have, yeah, they're, so they play basically an eight-man rotation. They play nine for this game probably because they needed to. Because they yeah. don't really have much, uh, much else. They started Ken Birch, which they normally wouldn't have. Um, mm-hmm. Siakam, Scotty Barnes, yeah, Van Vliet. That's a good lineup. Like, so yeah. Siakam, Van Vliet, Gary Trent, and then and then you're adding OG to that. They are a really good team. They are that, a good team. They're scary defensively. I don't want to play them in the first round if we can avoid. Like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. The thing is, like, I don't want to play them, but also don't want to play the Nets either because you're talking about those first two games that you're playing the Nets are going to be on the road for them. So they get Kyrie yeah. back for those first two games. Well, we have home court advantage. It's not really much of an advantage if Kyrie's still playing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So I would prefer Toronto. It's like I said, it's going to be a bloodbath and it's going to be an annoying series, but if you just put off Brooklyn for a little while, then great. But I, I just don't. I just don't see Toronto I, having enough to beat Miami. I just really want one of. I really want of all the teams that I mentioned. I really want Charlotte. Yeah, I mean he he have handled them so easy this year. That would be like to me the first round. And I hate that that, that is the case because the East is so good compared to the West. Yeah. But like usually the first round, you're getting like a cake matchup, especially if you're number one seed. You work so hard to get the number one seed. The least that you're supposed yeah. to get is like an easy tune up matchup, so you can kind of yeah. get your your you know get going in terms of like just like. You want like, like Indiana in the bubble. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like Indiana in the bubble. Or like even like with the big three, which yeah. they – who are they playing? The, like they played Charlotte. They played Charlotte again. Like I'm, I'm mentioning Charlotte as an yeah, example, or, but they or, played or, Charlotte um, with the big three or, or New York. <laughs> or even the older teams, the D-Way Sack teams, where they were running to like the Nets. Yeah. So, man, I just – it's not going to be – like to me, this is going to be one of the hardest brackets – even as a number one seed that they're ever going to have to go through in order to get to the finals. Cause if they win, you're hoping that the four to five maybe stays the way it is, which honestly, I don't know. Do you want to say the way it is right now? Cause right now it's, it's Chicago and Boston. So you're talking about playing Boston the second round possibly. Yeah. See, that's tough. Uh, I don't know if I want to see Boston that early because there's again, I think, yeah, so they're I fifth think place right now. They're two games behind Chicago, Cleveland, right? but Cleveland? But Boston is only is that here's the thing. Like I want I want Boston maybe to keep winning to jump Chicago and maybe jump into third, but that means one of Phoenix, uh, not Phoenix, Philadelphia or Milwaukee would have to drop to four. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that happens. I mean, they're only a game and a half back from the pretty much tied for number two seed or three seed. Yeah. They're they've still been winning it, even though they lost last um yesterday afternoon. Mm-hmm. I have to look at what their strength of schedule is, but I mean, that is a possibility that maybe Boston climbs up and then one of these two teams like Philadelphia and Milwaukee drop down, which I guess if I had a choice, I probably would want Philly to drop down. Yeah. So maybe but we should be rooting possible. for Philly to lose tonight. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, we should I, always be rooting for Philly to lose, but yeah, <laughs> I, I, I don't, I don't believe in that team. Even with, cause we get to talk Milwaukee a little bit. They still concern me, even though there are some weaknesses that they have. Well, not weaknesses, but like 
Miami's in a better position now than they were last year. One, it's not the same Bam who he's going to sag off of and he's going to disappear because now he does attack those drops, which is not necessarily the mid-range jumper because he's not a great mid-range shooter, but he has been attacking those drops anyway and getting to the line. Um, you also replacing PJ Tucker with Bobby Portis, who's not a good defender. There's there's holes in that Bucks team now that I'm not really just, as concerned with. I'm, I still there's still a tough. It's the Brook Lopez readdition that concerns yeah. me because we know how much of a living hell it was for Miami to just generate any points in the paint because their three point shooting was was pretty much done. Like they didn't have any three point yeah. shooting in that series. So. I mean, they but, should be better this year. Obviously, the Heat, yeah. and then, but yeah. I still think Milwaukee can give them issues in terms of. Honestly, here's the thing: yeah. like with these matchups, like it's really going to come down to Jimmy for this one matchup. Mm-hmm. He needs to somehow figure out some some sort of offense. Yeah, because like even with the Heat scoring like crazy that last game, in terms of like. They they tied their their it's like the third time this season they tied their three point shooting record for most threes they made in a game, and they still lost that game. Obviously, yeah. they had like a, a great lead going to the last four or five minutes of that game, but I feel like they 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 can't get that what four games in a series probably. They're not going to shoot like mm-hmm. that four games in a series. They may even get it maybe one or two in a series, probably one, and then the rest of them will probably be a little below that. But they kind of need in that kind of matchup they. I feel like against Milwaukee, they that that there's like a mental thing that that needs to be yeah. that they need to climb over, like some like a little mental hurdle yeah. that they need to climb over against that particular opponent because of how they dealt them last year. Like getting swept sucks. Yeah, obviously they beat yeah. them in a bubble, but getting swept, period, like that. Mm-hmm. They if they don't win like the first game and they have home court advantage, you know how like demoralizing that could be for Miami. <laughs> Yeah, but they just also, split one of the first two games. That sucks for Miami. They, you work so yeah. hard to get the number one seed, and you pretty, pretty much give it up. Like mm-hmm. they have to go up two zero. I feel like in that series to win that series. Yeah, but also they do have Kyle now who moves the chessboard, and so while Brook Lopez is really difficult to get into the paint and score on, you, you do have Kyle who creates things rather than a Kendrick Nunn who we know how he is, and then. Gorn as a backup who wasn't the same Gorn because age and all the other stuff. And so we have Kyle now, so that's also another big deal. So I'm not too scared. They are a tough matchup, and they do concern me, them and Boston. But I don't – I'm not going to just, like, have nightmares they end up matched up against Milwaukee. He lifer says Kenny's the GOAT. Facts. Appreciate it. <laughs> all right. Um – do you want me to pull up the stands real quick? And then you kind of just, you tell me one through eight, who do you want? <laughs> All right, let's yeah. do that. Let's, let's do a little study of that. I'll, I'll pull it up. Um, Actually, I already know my answer. Give me Chicago. You want Chicago? I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't think it's possible, but. I mean, they, they basically you're talking about Chicago winning, staying as the number four or five seed and then winning yeah. that series. So you played them in the second yes. round. Which I don't see happening, but I mean that's not unlikely. It's just we obviously they're getting pieces back. They haven't had yeah. Lonzo Ball and they haven't had Caruso back in quite a bit. Caruso came back recently. He did. Okay, I didn't even notice. Yeah. I haven't watched that many Chicago <laughs> games lately. I've been watching some of these yeah. other teams because, be honest, I'm watching the other teams. I feel like the Heat are actually gonna 
like play and or yeah. have struggles with. So I've been watching yeah. a lot of Philly. I've been watching a lot of Milwaukee. I'm still watching a lot of Nets because obviously I feel like that's the team that we're probably going to play in the first round. To me, mm-hmm. I think is what's going to happen. And yeah. then uh, and then I've been watching a little bit of um, the Cavaliers a little bit, but I've been watching a lot of Boston lately. Yeah. So, so I would just, I would just go with Chicago because aside from. Caruso, Lonzo, and Io, who I'm not sure what they've been doing with his minutes lately since Caruso's back and once Lonzo's back. I'm not sure what they're going to do with his minutes. Curious to see that. But all their good defenders are guards, and all of the Heat's, like, well, aside from Tyler, like you have Jimmy and Bam in the front court attacking. And so Chicago just doesn't concern me like that. Great to watch, fun to watch. And it would also be Zach Levine's first playoff. Um, experience we know with tomorrow you can just shrink the floor on him and he's kind of done in the playoffs which usually happens so that's the team if i'm picking out of these that's the team i would want obviously cleveland is young and inexperienced also i want cleveland i i yeah. like the way they did that miami played cleveland this last game yeah obviously they didn't have jared allen but i i still think with the team because they didn't have jimmy i don't think they had jimmy for one of those games Bill, Bill, he didn't play them mm-hmm. at all actually he hasn't played them yet so to yeah. me, I feel like with Jimmy back in the lineup, he had Bam back. He looked great against Evan Mobley. Mm-hmm. I, I think Miami has enough to beat them maybe in five games or less. I don't think it goes more than five yeah. games if they play Cleveland. I think Chicago could go to six. Probably five is what's most likely going to happen, but I think it could go to six. I mm-hmm. guess which of these other teams do you think could be like a heat and four, heat and five? Honestly, nobody. Just Chicago and Cleveland. Well, Toronto. I think Toronto's so six. I think Toronto could be six. It should be I five, think, but yeah. you know they're going to get like some weird Gary Trent Jr. game. That's and then and then there's yeah. going to be one that's going to be like a fucking overtime game. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're going to be like you're probably going to be up two zero. They win what game three or something. We win game four. We're up three one. They win fucking game five mm-hmm. on, on our home. Then we have to go over there and win game six. And we're all going to be fucking like we're going to have fucking dirty. Pants in her <laughs> because we have to go over there and win a game six because we don't want to play a game seven if we can avoid it. And then obviously, if um Atlanta or Charlotte lucks up and get in there, and I'll take one of them. Oh, that's Either a sweep. Way. If they if they yeah. any of those two teams are in it, it's a sweep. Yeah, but as far as the teams they most likely will play, give me Chicago or Cleveland. Well, I don't know how long Jared Allen's out though, but if Jared Allen comes back, give me Chicago. Yeah, I haven't seen any updates. I know he had. Fractured finger. Was it a thumb injury or something like that? It's something on his hand. I think it was a thumb injury. He fractured one think, of his fingers. I don't think he'll. I think they said he might not come back for the regular season, but he can. Pro- he probably will come back for the playoffs. Yeah. So in that case, give me. Some and uh, they just got Karis Levert back in the lineup tonight. I'm looking. So. <laughs> okay. Um. He's oh, okay. So here's a source telling. So someone from Cleveland.com says that Jerry Allen is. Expected to avoid surgery. So he's going to be playing on a hurt thumb. Basically, he's trying to, I guess he's probably just rehabbing so he can kind of play without pain. Yeah, so that makes that makes things a little tougher. But I'm still not scared of them, but it makes them a little tougher. That means he's not 100%. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, he has a fracture. So he has a left middle finger fracture on his non-shooting hand. Um, but yeah, as this person says, he's reporting definitely. Uh, yeah, basically, no timetable has been given for his return to basketball activities. But uh, it seems like he is sort of practicing. He's trying to get in conditions. What they're saying, but mm-hmm. I, I imagine what their sixth place right now. They could fall into the play, and 
Yeah. What if that happens? What if they? What if Toronto climbs them and sh- and it's Cleveland falls into seventh seed? Do you think Cleveland could beat Brooklyn as a seventh seed? That would be fun because it is Jared Allen's former team. I don't know if it's possible. But in that scenario, then they get Kyrie for that playing game. No. Right. Well, no, yeah, they do. Yeah, because uh, it would be playing, they'd be playing in Cleveland. In Cleveland? Yep. Huh. Yeah, I don't know if they beat Brooklyn, but if they do, that's real interesting. Because if that's the case, that actually might be better than Toronto staying at seven. Because what would yeah. happen is, if Cleveland loses to a team that has Brooklyn and Brooklyn, um, <laughs> the team that has KD and Kyrie in the lineup, and you're talking probably having Ben Simmons maybe by then too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe Cleveland doesn't win that game. And maybe they don't even have Jared Allen for that game. Who knows? If they, right. I mean, if he does play, they might be rushing him to play. Mm-hmm. And that might be interesting. I think, I think that's what we should all be rooting for is that we want Toronto to <laughs> jump up to six so that Cleveland can fall to seven. Yeah, which and is then, yeah, the and, then, and then basically you just need Brooklyn to beat out the Raptors so that they could not the Raptors beat out the Cavaliers so that they can jump to seven. They play whoever's the number two seed, and then we get yeah we get Cleveland in the first round. We'll be that'd be perfect. See, it will be interesting to see Milwaukee versus Brooklyn again because mm. then maybe Brooklyn knocks out Milwaukee this time. We don't great, have to deal with that. That was a great series. That was a really good series. Yeah. So that's what I'm rooting for. Okay. All right. Anyway, anything, any other standings? Do you want to see Boston climb up? Do you want them to fall down? Or Milwaukee or Philly? Any other teams? Because basically, I think we're all in agreement that we want Toronto to be a six seed, if, if possible. Yeah. So whichever path leads to seeing Boston in the conference finals, because at least then, if it's competitive, then you only have one series. So you're talking about them climbing up to three, because that's pretty, that's pretty much the only way it's going to happen, unless unless yeah. they somehow go on the losing streak and Toronto goes on this crazy run. <laughs> yeah, but which I mean, they've won three straight. Who knows? They might be able to pull off another seven or eight game win streak like they did. Mm-hmm. Boston just lost one. Maybe they lose a couple more. I don't. I don't yeah, know so, who they're playing. Uh, I was supposed to look up their strength of schedule, which I should actually think I did pull up. I can pull that on onto the screen. Go ahead. Yeah, so however Boston gets up to three, that's fine with me. Because, like I'm saying, so that's going to be a really tough, tough series, and I don't want to deal with that early on. I don't want to deal with that in the second round and then have two rounds to go. And so just see them at the end where you're both kind of worn down, sort of. Kind of like, I believe the bubble, it was Eastern Conference Finals on the bubble. And so do it again. Do it again. Bop, bop. <laughs> That's such a very um, inside meme. <laughs> 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 All right, here's the strength of schedule, as I promised. All right, so other main teams. Where's Miami? Miami's probably down below. Yeah, Miami has the 27th um, hardest schedule, so it's, it's in mm-hmm. reverse order. So basically they have, what, the fourth easiest schedule the rest of the way in these last 13 games. That's great. Um, Boston has the sixth hardest schedule. Chicago, third hardest. So, yeah, there's a possibility that they climb up. Chicago f- is still ahead of them. They're mm-hmm. four right now, so they can definitely probably jump Chicago. So I think highest for sure would probably be four for Boston. Yeah. And then what was the other team that we're talking about falling, either Milwaukee or, uh, or, or Phoenix, uh, not Phoenix, Philadelphia? Oh, Philly. Yeah. So Philly's got the 11th. Um, 
our schedule, and then where am I? Did I miss Milwaukee? I don't even see Milwaukee on here. Oh, they're here. Yeah, they got the fifth hour schedule. <laughs> oh man! All right, so maybe that is a possibility. Yeah, let's see. I mean, but like I've been saying, I'm not scared of any team. You kind of would team. want Boston to have an easier schedule, though. That 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 would make yeah. it easier for them. Like you want them to have the easier schedule so they can keep winning and climb up and you know, overtake one of these two teams. Yeah. It seems more likely that maybe Milwaukee jumps down than Philly. Yeah. Philly Philly doesn't have that doesn't seem like they have that hard of a schedule. Like it's eleven, but like I mean I'm looking right now, like you got Milwaukee's playing Boston. Well, I guess that's another thing on here. Like you see that they're playing Chicago twice. You know Chicago's not gonna win those two games. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess we'll see. Um, but that is something to look into or look forward to in terms of who we're rooting for. All right, let's get let's make um let's make these last 10 minutes just questions. I got some started from earlier. Mm-hmm. So first question comes from Henroy He's asking, what's the final roster looking like for the playoffs lineups and bench with Keith and Depot back? Um, so starters obviously are gonna be Kyle Duncan, Jimmy, PJ, and Bam. Tyler, um, Caleb, Oladipo, and I know I'm missing somebody aside from Markeith. You think Gabe plays? Yeah, and Gabe is going to play. And then maybe Markeith. So here's another thing I was thinking about. And it's honestly something that's dawned on me as Deadman's been on his um, kind of slump. Do you think Deadman gets squeezed out of the playoff rotation? Obviously, there's going to be matchups where they'll play them. But yeah. obviously, as it gets later on, like if they get past the first round, which they should, they should be able to at least get to the second round. Um, usually it gets down to about seven, like really seven guys. The eighth guy doesn't play more than like 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. So like who, between like that, that eight-man rotation, do you think Demon is part of that eight-man rotation? Do you think he gets squeezed out? Do you think they play PJ more at the five and maybe give Caleb, give Caleb those four minutes and then – you can give Oladipo what Moto's minutes at the three, because then you'd be opening up that wing spot that you'd be giving Caleb at the four. So I guess that could be the the way that they can do that. That's really, really good. And um, it sounds like a cop out. It's really going to depend on matchup, though. Yeah, like, they'd be playing. Against, yeah, yeah. they'd be playing super small, though. Yeah. So if they end up against Milwaukee, they might have Devin active for yeah. when, for Brook Lopez. But um, other than that. I don't know. Brooklyn, they play KD at the five a lot, so you don't want Devin in in that scenario. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's a situation where you use a lot of Bam and Caleb and mm-hmm. you maybe squeeze Devin out of that series. Philadelphia, you're going to need Devin. He typically guards MP well. So that would solve that issue somewhat, at least. Yeah, I guess it really does depend on the matchup because, like, yeah, we're talking about Milwaukee and really Milwaukee, Cleveland, yeah, and... Philly, those are three. You're gonna three, need them. Those are the teams that they have the most size in the East. If you're playing yeah. someone, if you're playing like the Nets in the first round, I think they could get away with maybe squeezing them out of the rotation and yeah. and giving more minutes to the, to some of the guards because you probably would want Gabe to play a lot more minutes. You want both deep to mm-hmm. play a lot more minutes. Definitely Caleb yeah. and PJ. Same with Boston. Yes, maybe same with Boston too. Yeah, just mm-hmm. try to play small um, and have a lot of those wing defenders 
because that's really what's going to help the most, especially against some of these these teams that have you know great guard play. You want to make sure you have the perimeter def- defenders to stop that point of attack. And honestly, I think with some of these bigger matchups, you don't want guys like Bam and PJ to get into foul trouble if you can avoid it. Too. Right. Yeah, so they're going to need them depending on the matchup. Okay. All right, next question comes from Pura Vida, 81. When do they start calling teams made playoffs besides the, ton- besides the Suns? I think he, he's talking about teams oh, that are trends. made for the yeah. playoffs. Yeah. Um, I don't know. When are, the- when, are, when are you going to start calling the Heat made for the playoffs, ready for the playoffs? <laughs> It just depends on – so the way that works is it just depends on the rest of the schedule, how many games they have left and the chances of them missing the playoffs pretty much. So the Suns have no chance of missing the playoffs based on their record, so that's why they're clinched. Okay. Next question comes from Gesture92. He asking, do you, you think um, – this is about Tyler Hero when we were talking about him earlier in the show. Mm-hmm. Do you think Tyler Hero says no to a five-year, $150 million contract? It depends on the context. We're talking about actually I don't think he says no to that. That's a great amount for him. Um Duncan just got 90, and we know Tyler deserves a lot more than that. No disrespect to Duncan, but he is a specialist. Um I don't think he says no to that. I think that's a great deal for him. So he, he, has been off. he is a six man. He understands that at least for now he hasn't proven himself as a starter. And so I think you're more of a cap guy though, but I think yeah. just getting a number is I don't so, think he says no that. Um, here's here's some cap stuff. I'll I'll get into this really quickly. So here's potential max salary contract at a projected salary cap in 2023-24 of 124.9 million is five years and 181.1 million. That's mm-hmm. 25% of the cap if he doesn't qualify for the Rose Rule, which is him making All NBA MVP. Um, I think first team, maybe second team All NBA is is considered that, and Defensive Player of the Year. Um, I don't think it can be an all-star counts. It doesn't. No, it doesn't count. But the Heat can negotiate some language into a contract of his extension, similar to what they did with Bam, where they can do it. They don't have to do just 30. They can do like a 27.5. Yeah. Like they can do like three different tiers of that before they get to the rules rule. Um, but let's just say regular max is 181.1. His starting salary with 8% increases starts at 31.225 million. Are you comfortable with that? If they if they did offer him as a max, I am. Yeah, I am. Do you think he takes less? Because if you if you're starting him at at five year one fifty, uh, I I can't really do the math on the, like that quick. But let's let's average because usually with the increases it's a little lower. But it, it definitely would be below thirty million. So you're talking him probably starting at thirty one point two two five at a max. Mm-hmm. If he's below thirty, you, so he'd probably be around like twenty eight, twenty seven. Do you think that difference of four to five million matters to him on an average salary? No, they'll find some other way to get it to him, probably. Whether it's incentives or something, I don't know if that's possible. You would, but they'll find some other way to get that to him. They'll work it out. I actually do have a theory of how much his contract could be. I have it as a note somewhere. I'm going to find it real quick for you guys. Because um, it was something that me and uh, this guy, if you guys want to follow him on Twitter, his name is Luis Teixeira. He's at um, Teixeira Luis 92 Me and him and basically collaborating a lot of salary cap content. We actually have something coming on a site soon when we do get our, our, our website um, back for, for stories and publishing. Mm-hmm. 
Um, we have a we have a post basically just doing a deep dive on Miami's um, off season, like their salary cap yeah. positioning, different scenarios that they can they can kind of go into detail. We're going to go into detail about like re-sign Tyler, re-signing Caleb, bringing back Oladipo. What would happen if Miami traded down from their first round pick? Because they have a first round pick this season. It's, right now, it's yeah. like going to be like I think number thirty because like, there's thirty two teams that are like the yeah. third best record, so it's probably going to be pick thirty right now. And they could trade down if they wanted to and pay a little bit less. Yeah. So just a lot of different scenarios that Miami could go about building their team if they want to avoid luxury tax. They don't. If they want to use their full mid level and and be hard capped, if they which is when you use just the right amount where they don't get hard capped. So there's a lot of um, yeah. interesting things that we can get into as we get closer to the off season. Um, I guess I can't find it right away. Yeah, but we've I been talking. Think. We've been talking way too much. Honestly, it's been it's kind of hard to find. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I think that 150 is great for him. I think not we also have to understand um circumstance too. So maybe he wants to go somewhere where he's guaranteed a start, a starting role, and maybe the Heat do guarantee him that. Maybe they work some things out, move some other guys, make him a starter. And it is Miami, which he obviously loves being in. It's a contender. And so unless he wants to go somewhere and get his numbers, which he does anyway. I don't really – maybe it's the money, but guys that young – well, maybe they do just take the money. But I think that's a great deal for him. With him being a six-man up to this point, I don't think he'll really get offered that much more somewhere else, from a good team at least. So I don't see a situation where he says no to that deal. I found it. I found what, um, what we were talking about. So uh, we were kind of basing his salary structure to what percentage of the cap that um, Jalen Brown got in his contract extension. So mm-hmm. when Jalen Brown signed, his max would have been 25% of the cap. He ended up getting 22%. So I think for for Miami, that's probably like a good baseline to yeah. what they should offer him. So if he did get 22% of the cap, it'd be a f- it couldn't be a five-year deal because um, you can only give a five-year deal if, you're, if you give up the full max. Mm-hmm. So you only get the five-year option on a rookie extension salary if you if you designate him as a player. There's like a there's a whole thing in the CBA, but it talks about being a designated player, and mm-hmm. you only have two of them on your roster. Mine only has Bam actually is one of them, so he would be the only other player on the team that could be considered a designated player for that fifth-year max extension. Yeah. But I don't think they're gonna have to do that for him anyway. Um, so 22% of his projection would be a four-year deal. At 123 million, mm-hmm. starting salary would be 27.478 million, and it goes up to 34 on his last uh, last year on his deal. That sounds so, great to me. I don't. Yeah, I, don't I think that that could be his potential um, yeah. salary. All right, and then you can also add bonuses and stuff to that, so it helps yeah. uh, in terms of like incentives, like if he makes All Star team, you know, on you know that stuff. Yeah. You can you can add incentives. That's same what what mom. What the Celtics did with Jalen Brown's contract, they gave him incentives, mm-hmm. you know, likely incentives and unlikely incentives. So, yeah. All right. Last question. <laughs> Let's finish on this one. All right. Plan Poppy says, Kenny, where's your next home? <laughs> <laughs> I'm moving on. That's where my family is. That's my second home, pretty much. And cost of living there is great. Oh, his Wi-Fi. <laughs> I've been planning on going for a while. Your Wi-Fi cut off so bad, Kenny. 
<laughs> it was so good up until now. Yeah, I, I saw it what too. happened? <laughs> I don't know, man. But yeah, my next home is Atlanta. Are you going to start Hawksbeat? Absolutely not. That's Nakias' podcast. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.